As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Here's your host, Tim McNeely. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. Today, we are so excited to have you. And what an important topic today, right? Should you build or buy a practice, right? This is a question that's running through a lot of doctors' minds out there. As you're, you're looking at the market, you're trying to sort through your options. Do you build? Do you buy? What's the difference? How do you sort that out? And that's what today is all about for you. And by the time you finish listening to the show today, you're going to know the pluses and the minuses of building or buying a practice. You're going to have knowledge to really help guide you in the direction that's best for you. No one else. We want the direction that's best for you. But most important of all, you're going to feel confident in making even better decisions for you for your future, and for the future of the people who you love. And when it comes to helping doctors decide whether to build or buy or even sell a practice, but that's a whole nother episode, Al Galvis is one of the best. Al Galvis is the CEO and the founder of Think Dental. And what I love about Al is he's really had the privilege and the honor of helping dentists just like you either buy, build, or like I said, even sell a practice. Al, welcome to the show. Oh, Tim, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, I mean, and what an important topic, because there are options out there today, aren't there? There are, yes, uh, many options uh, that are available to dentists. So tell me a little bit about how you got started. How does someone even start helping doctors think through, do they build or buy a practice? Uh, uh, yeah, great question. Uh, uh, I uh, first uh, broke my teeth out of college and worked in the, uh, in the insurance field. And so, uh, and then that migrated into, uh, went into staffing recruiting. So I saw a different world there with working with, uh, employees and, and, and staffing needs for companies and, and then, uh, moved into, into dental, uh, on the manufacturing side, uh, and then also had, uh, a great stint in the dealer side and consulting and, and then dental practice transition side. So uh, I've been fortunate and blessed to have a tool belt that's been very well developed over the many years. Hmm. I, and was there a moment in, in, in your journey to, to get here where you really kind of said, this is what I love doing. I really love helping doctors sort through these choices, the, these transition choices. Well, was there a point or a moment where you realized this is what you absolutely love doing? Yeah, you know, working both in medical and then, of course, dental, um, uh, I got to learn quickly early on that, uh, that, you know, the difference between the medical field is that you got a medical group, whereas on the dental side, you've got an individual decision maker in the norm. Of course, you have those bigger, um, bigger dental groups that have multiple doctors or, or, or a body of people making decisions, but your average mom and pop dental shop is an individual that's, uh, that's running their, their practice. And, uh, and as we know, dentists, um, you know, uh, even in schooling, they have a, a tremendous amount of clinical experience and, and uh, they learn a lot clinically. But on the business side and operational side, it's just, it's just something that they're not really exposed to unless they're in that kind of small you know, group of, of doctors who are very comfortable with starting a business and building an office and so on and so forth. So I learned early on, just, just like normal people, they just need help and, and surround themselves with people that can kind of help them maneuver through that journey, whatever that journey in, involves, whether it's bit, you know, buying or building or, or selling a practice. Yeah. Well, when it comes to, to buying or, or building, what are some of the things that we should be thinking of? What are some pros and cons? Can you, can you make the wrong decision? Like, like, like walk us through how you start even thinking about this, this process. Yeah. Um, 
I think that's probably one of the main questions I get. There's always a, that block of questions, but one of the one of the top, I say top ten questions that uh, I, I come across, whether it's a brand new doctor out of school or in school, because I do speak at some of the universities, the dental schools, um, or a doctor who's currently just associated somewhere who's been practicing for a number of years, and and they they come to me and say, Al, I don't know if I should buy a practice or should I build a practice? Um, and we're going to table the selling question later, but, um, and then, you know, there's really no wrong answer. Um, if I had to say there's the only thing that's wrong is a mindset. Hmm. Um, because uh, I think, uh, doctors get a lot of information as they should, and, and they can get misinformation. And so I've, I've had the pleasure and joy of helping doctors build from scratch and, and many times in the majority of time, we become very successful. And the same goes with a buying a practice, right? And so uh, I think one of the questions, uh, one of the frustrations doctors have when they're looking for that practice that they want to buy is not finding that right fit for themselves, um, whether it's the style of dentistry, whether it's the philosophy um, of, that, of that office, um, whether it's location, uh, design, layout, uh, you name it. And so they get frustrated with not finding that right, right match. And so they tend to then, you know, know that they can build something and then they, they just want to have a sit down and talk about what the, what is involved in that, Al, what is involved in building. And so I, I, I give them the roadmap of what that looks like on, on both sides, you know, hmm. and be successful in, in either direction. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think it's interesting. You mentioned there's really no wrong decision. There's just a wrong mindset. And so can you elaborate a little bit on the, the kind of mindset that a, a dentist really should start approaching this question with? What does the right kind of mindset look like? Um, so I think uh, if, if a doctor comes to me and they said, uh, Al, I, I've, been, I've been in dentistry for X amount of years and I'm ready to embark on my own. And I know exactly where I want to be, what type of demographics I, I'm looking for, um, what size office, what kind of dentistry I want to do. Um, you know, they've even gone as far as, you know, kind of sketching out a, 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 a office layout. Um, without question, their mindset is, I want to build from scratch because I know what I want. Hmm. And so uh, that's pretty powerful, you know, and I tell them, you know, we're, we're there, myself and my, my teams are there to help them achieve whatever goals, but we need to know what that goal is. And if they're ambiguous, if they're uncertain, if they're, of course, there's always fear and because fear is just a lack of knowledge and information, but, um, you know, we need a defined goal. And, uh, and, uh, and on, the, on the other side of that coin of buying a practice, you know, the same thing is what are they looking for? What size? You know what? You know everybody wants a, a large, thriving practice, but the question is: is that what what comes with that? Are they able to manage a production of a large, thriving practice? Um, are they well versed in managing and leading people? And I maybe I should correct myself and say managing processes and leading people. And do they have that background? And so um, I think the mindset is: if you're clear on what you want, either either avenue will work. Hmm. Now, how often do you see doctors who are coming to you actually be really clear on on what they want? Because I, I know that's a struggle I see sometimes is is, you know, you may have a very general idea of what things look like, but you start diving in. And I know a lot of times when I try to dive deep on goals, my answer is actually I really don't know what I want. And so so how often do you see that clarity of vision with these doctors that you're working with? Yeah, uh, another another really good question. Uh uh, it's hard to put a percentage on that or a number on that, but I will tell you the majority of the time doctors are not clear about what they want. And so that isn't to say that, you know, there's a, a, a percentage of them that are clear about what they want. Maybe their family, you know, has, has helped them achieve, you know, that clarity, that roadmap, because maybe, you know, they've got family that are in dental and they've been down that path before. And maybe they've worked in those practices and kind of seen it, whether it's from the ground up or that purchase. So um, 
I think the majority of the time they're not clear on it. But I, I, I assure them, my suggestion is let's sit down and talk about what that journey looks like. And that goes back to, you know, having a conversation, understanding their, their wants, their needs, their goals. Um, and if they don't know, that's okay. You know, we're not here to, you know, we're not here to judge them or beat them up on that. Um, so, but we want, we want to make sure as a team that, um, that we understand what their, what their factors are and what best option for them to take is, is going to be important for them to decide mm-hmm. on. Yeah. I want to buy, this is what I want to do or no, I want to build. Um, and some people, some doctors relish building from scratch. They love, cause as you know, uh, de- dentists are creative, you know, they're, they're, they're creative and they want to, they want to, um, they want to design something and watch it come to fruition. You know, if they've got that, you know, that, 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 uh, that case that it just, oh my gosh, it's going to take some time and energy and effort to, to make it a beautiful smile. Um, they relish that no different, you know, from building an office from scratch or buying an office or they can envision what it could be like. And then they, uh, you know, attack it from that standpoint. Yeah. Well, I, and I like that you talk about this as being a journey because I mean, this isn't like going to the store and buying a pair of pants. And if you don't like them, you can just return them. Right. It, it, this is a commitment, right? You're making a decision. You're deciding to, to move forward. And so, you know, we've kind of been talking in generalities in terms of what those options are. And we've just been using kind of, you know, big, broad, you know, Hey, do you build, do you buy? But let, let's start diving deep on each one of those. And so when you talk about building a, a practice, what does that look like? I, 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 or am I building the office? Am I building the space? Am I like, like, like what's building a practice look like? Yeah. Uh, one of the first things we do is we sit down and, and as I mentioned, we have that, that meeting to understand what do they envision? Um, we're big on, and I'm very big on vision. Give me a vision of what you see the future to look like. And then, uh, once we, you know, we have some level of clarity and of course it can be, you know, some gray areas and that's fine too. Then, you know, some of the standard questions of where do you want to practice? Um, what size of practice? Um, uh, we really hit on branding. What, what, do you, what kind of dentist do you want the community to know you as? And that's going to really play a part on, you know, the demographics of, of where you want to practice. Hmm. And, then, and then, you know, we, we narrow it down to size. How many operatories? Uh, what kind of dentistry do you want to do? And so um, once we have, you know, some of those pillars, then we, then we go shopping, right? We go find that location that makes sense for them. So location wise, you know, area, geography, demographics, size, you know, um, do, do they want to be in a medical building? Do they want to be in a standalone building? Do they want to be, you know, in a retail shopping center? I mean, uh, and so, uh, and then from there, then we design it. Then we design it. We bring the right team in to help. And when I say us, we participate in that design process, but just like a dentist has to pull a team together, hygiene, assistance, front office, specialists if they're a GP, you bring the team around you to help you put that 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 uh, that structure together. Hmm. And uh, and then we watch it being built, you know, from a construction standpoint. And then, you know, then from the equipment side and equipping it and then launching it, you know, cutting that red ribbon uh, is, is super great to be a part of that. And tears are flowing and, you know, but it, it is a journey to your point. Uh, we make it very clear that there's no specific deadline. We, we, we want to work with some finite deadlines, but, you know, uh, one doctor may find their office in three months. The other doctor may take three years, hmm. right? So um, it, it's not uncommon to, you know, take a little bit longer than everybody plans. But yes, there, that is a journey, um, you know, building, uh, surrounding yourself with the right people. And, uh, and that's what we pride ourselves in. Because not every person or dentist is created equal. They all have different preferences. They all have different styles. And so really understanding what that, what that, what that roadmap looks like is really important to achieve that the final end result. 
Yeah. So, right. When I'm hearing build a practice, some of the things I'm hearing is really a high level of customization in terms of kind of deciding what types of patients you want to attract, deciding, you know, what you want your office to look like and really being involved in the design phase. So high level of customization. What are what are some other benefits of building out a practice? Um, Yeah. One of the key benefits is you get to do it your way. You're not inheriting uh, a a a reputation. You're not inheriting a branding. You're not inheriting the staff. You're not inheriting um, the clinical treatments that have been done for however long that office has been open. So, um, you know, that could be a positive, right? It could be a positive when you are, you know, buying a practice, but when you're building from scratch, the slate is clean. It it is a, it is a white canvas. And uh, a lot of dentists like that. They like to be able to have their fingerprint, you know, theirs only. They, they launched this. They built this the way they wanted to build it. I, as, I, as I mentioned, and as we know, dentists are creative. And uh, I've had the privilege of working with some dentists who have just an immense amount of creativity. They thought outside of the box on design. They thought outside the box of floor plans. They thought outside the box of decor. They, um, you know, so that's real that's uh that's inspiring when that dentist can really take their creative juices and hmm. um and put it on paper watch it come to fruition um you know we see a lot of joy when that happens in these dentists okay so those are some of the things we can put in the the pro column right if we're doing our little chart pros and cons we can put those in the pros what are some of the things we want to put in the con column if we're looking at, at, at building a practice from scratch? Yeah, um, you know, we'll, we'll categorize it as a con, but I don't necessarily uh, always feel that these are cons. But one of the things that the dentist has to realize is that you are building from scratch. You, you're starting from nothing, right? You're going to be working and seeing families you know, as patients and friends, and you're going to be begging for business, right? You're going to be banging on doors. And, uh, you know, you're starting a business from scratch. And uh, you don't have that machine turned on like you do with buying a practice. Hmm. Um, And so I I think dentists understand it, but don't necessarily fully embrace it when it is a bit of a ramp up time. You know, um, there's really no rule of thumb. One of the, I guess you can you can table it as a rule of thumb is, you know, 18 months to two, to two years is maybe your target of when you may be able to get to that semblance of a break even. Hmm. Um, I've seen dentists do it fast. You know, they get, they get to that break even point within a year. Um, but they had a game plan. They were, they were very methodical about how we're going to things and whatnot. Um, and so, uh, uh, I wouldn't call it a uh, a con, but one of the things that dentists think is that, um, oh, I want to be in a retail shopping center because of foot traffic. Now that may happen. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not discounting that, but it's never as much as they really thought it would be. Um, because though you may be a dentist in a high traffic retail shopping center, um, you won't find a lot of patients coming in through that door on average. And so uh, I, I think they, that may be a misconception. So I don't know if that's a, a con, but a misconception about foot traffic. Um, uh, uh, one of the other misconceptions is, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to be, I want to build in this building because I know this building well. A lot of specialists I know are in this building. So from, from a proximity standpoint, very convenient for patients. But, oh, my gosh, Al, there's so many dentists in this building. There's so much competition. And so I remind them that, Patients don't don't walk up and down the hallways looking for a dentist, right? Hmm. They're coming to them via whether it's insurance, whether it's a referral, you know, word of mouth, a, a review, you know, um, and so just because you're building in a building that you think, gosh, there's a lot of dentists, um, not all dentists are pretty equal. Not all dentists in in the same vicinity are doing the same kind of dentistry, and so, yeah. um, but you know, there's there's that ramp up time. Um, there's that additional cost, you know, there's that, um, you know, that sacrificing income wise, um, that's definitely a con. And so, um, but once they get past that, that ramp up time period, they look back and go, Oh, 
gosh, I remember the day when I first started out and now look at us and I'm busy, and, you know, uh, great volume, great activity. And so I see a big smile on their face. So, wow. Uh, Fantastic. So, so let's flip to the other side now. Let's talk about, you know, what are some benefits of buying a practice as opposed to building now? Yeah, I think one of the, I think the standard benefit that most dentists talk about buying an existing practice is that it's a machine that's already in running, right? The, 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 there's, there's patient flow, there's staff in, in place, there's cash flow, there's, you know, business uh, is, is at hand. And so, um, so that's usually a, a positive thing because you're walking into a machine that's already producing activity and, and, and getting the results and getting you mm. your income. Um, you, you are inheriting staff that are experienced, that know the patients, that know the environment, that, uh, you know, for the most part, staff are educated and knowledgeable. And so you're not having to teach them how to do things. Um, so that's usually a, a, a positive. You, you've got their reputation of the office. Right. So if it's got a positive reputation and, 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 and well-respected, then you're, you're inheriting that. So, you know, bu buying a practice has a lot of benefits as well, um, you know, from that standpoint. Um, it also gives you a, a foundation to build from. Hmm. So maybe there is some, um, some dentistry that the practice isn't doing in-house in that has the opportunity to, um, to do more of. Um, or or integrate, and uh, and maybe that 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 new doctor has a zeal and passion to do, um, you know maybe, maybe it's implants, maybe it's a it's a bread and butter restorative office, and and uh, that dentist um, never never was doing implants, hmm. and this new buyer has has experience doing implants and wants to really capitalize on that, and so there could be some tremendous upside from buying an existing practice that uh, maybe there's some un untapped um, uh, revenues in there and some untapped dentistry that could be easily realized in a short amount of time. Okay. And what would you put in the con column, right? What, what are some considerations there and some of the challenges with buying an existing practice? Yeah. I mean, you've got, uh, you know, some of the potential, um, uh, cons could be, um, you know, that, that office has a certain reputation, that office has a certain, um, patient pool, I'm not saying that patients are a con, but, you know, maybe your mindset is to do much more high level cosmetic dentistry, but the, the, the demographics of that office is not high end cosmetic. It's just bread and butter. And so um, you're inheriting staff, um, you know, uh, staff are people, you know, they have emotions and they have certain behaviors and uh, you know, and so, you know, you, you may be inheriting staff that, you know, you didn't hire, you're, 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 you're taking over. And, uh, you know, we all have different styles and mannerisms and, and, uh, approaches, and maybe your approach is different than the previous dentist. So that, mm -hmm. that could be, that could be a, a potential con. Um, and then, you know, change is always difficult uh, for anybody. So when you bring a new dentist in, um, you know, and you're going to integrate some different, uh, different ideas, different approaches, you know, part of the con is, is it going to be well received, you know, uh, not only from the, from the staff, but from the patients as well. So, you know, it's really important to really understand that, you know, that platform that you are purchasing because they're, you know, you, you could be inheriting some, some challenges. There, there are some, some nuances for every practice out there. So there are wow. some, there, there can be some cons, but they can be over cheap, uh, overcome yeah. and, and you can achieve great results. But again, it goes back to mindset and surrounding yourself with the right people. Well, and that, that's really what I'm hearing from you as we talk about both pros and cons is, you know, it doesn't sound like there's anything insurmountable. It really just comes back to what's right for you. What, what's the path that you as a dentist want to, to take? And so, you know, as you've helped these doctors think through these issues, because it is an issue you should think through, what are some common factors that, that really you see influence a doctor's decision one way or another? Um, I, I think uh, uh, whichever approach they take, um, you know, uh, do doctors, as, as we all do, you know, solicit a lot of information from different sources, right? Whether it's internet or people or whatnot, and they can, they can get a bit confused, and and uh, it could it could be uh, it can be confusing. 
and uh, then they start second guessing themselves. Hmm. So I, I think what's important is, you know, stick to that vision of what you see yourself doing and, and, and where and when and how solicit information, filter it as needed, you know, and then uh, make the best decision possible. So, um, you know, I, I think sometimes there's a, there could be a lot of misinformation out there and, uh, and we have to, you know, I remind doctors that you're all different. You know, even like I just spoke recently at Loma Linda, um, you know, 125, you know, fourth years there. And I got to meet all of them and uh, they're all different. You know, they all have different styles and, and philosophies and, uh, and approaches. Some don't even want to be a practice owner you know, they just, they're fine with working somewhere. And that's great too. There's no wrong or right. And I remind them of that. You know, don't, don't, don't compare yourself to the other, other, your other colleagues. Yeah. Um, I think dentists do that a lot too. They, one of the things I hear a lot of is, oh, you know, my buddy, uh, my classmate, um, my cousin, you know, whoever it is. And they start comparing themselves um, to others. And I remind them that, you know, that's natural, of course but not everybody has the same roadmap. Not everybody wears the same shoes um, and has the, the same experiences. So it's, it's really important to you know, know who you are um, and then you know, build something from there. I, I've got dentists who have been super happy building a three-op practice and that's all they wanted. And they've been very happy, gratified, they've been successful um, with that. And I have other dentists who, you know, some of them are on their number 12th and 13th practice. And so, um, you know, I, I caution them to make sure that they are not, um, they're not distracted by all the information, all the advice, um, just sticking with, you know, sticking with what, 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 what works for them and what makes sense for them. Yeah. Oh, such, such great advice. So you've been listening to the Dental Wealth Nation show, and we're talking with Al Galvis about building or buying a practice and really how, how to sort through those choices. And if you stick around to the end, Al's going to tell you how you can get in touch with him and actually really work on creating that vision for yourself and, and getting really, really clear. And I, I'd highly recommend you stick around to the end and take advantage of that. And so, you know, Al, we're, we're talking about those considerations, some of the pros and the cons. There's also a financial piece to this too, right? There finances and the, the way to fund the, the cash flow from the practice. So, you know, when you start looking at building and buying, can you dive a little bit deeper into some of the financial implications of buying versus building? Are there financial implications? Sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll take the approach that um, whether, the, whether a doctor is building something from scratch or buying a practice, um, there's a lending, a lending component to that, right? And so, um, you know, one of the th first things, you know, a lender will tell them is, um, you know, uh, uh, don't do anything crazy, stupid <laughs> with your money. Um, uh, I I've had doctors uh, who out of school, uh, shortly out of school, they bought their dream card. And, uh, and believe it or not, in, in two occasions, I can recall that dream card uh, prevented them from moving forward on getting lending. Um, it's nice to have that sports car and that, but that $1,500 a month payment really hurt them. So, um, but you know, there's always going to be a lending component. So make sure that, you know, the standard, you know, keep things clean, um, uh, keep things simple, um, build liquidity, um, is a big thing. Lenders are going to want you to have liquidity. Um, so whether you're buying or building and, uh, and, uh, and have a, have a, have a business plan. Lenders <laughs> like, like those, those dentists who've put together a business plan on paper um, and then for you to be able to verbalize that. And then from there, um, then the game plan is what, what direction makes sense. And so, you know, uh, making sure that they, you know, have a clear vision of what that looks like. And then um, on the building side, that building uh, component has increased cost-wise. And for obvious reasons with COVID and um, material costs and, personnel costs, right? Um, it's more expensive to build now than it was uh, five years ago. And so uh, there really isn't a rule of thumb of, uh, 
of what it costs to build, but it all depends on what you want to build. So we go back to that branding. What kind of brand do you want to have as a dentist in the community? Um, are you going to be doing more clinic style? Are you going to be doing more bread and butter? Or are you going to be doing high-end cosmetic? And so that kind of gauges as to what you're going to build, right? And that has to be synonymous with that branding. Hmm. So you, you don't want to build this, you know, amazing office with the most technology and best cosmetic and aesthetics, but the demographics are not matched to that, those patients are going to be reluctant to come in, right? Hmm. Beautiful office, but doesn't always mean that it's a match for the demographics of that area. Wow. And so, yeah. And so, um, and then plan accordingly, you know, some of the standard um, uh, offices that you, you know, that we kind of target is, you know, four to six operatories, you know, 17 to 2,200 square feet. Um, and then of course you got to plan accordingly as to where that's located. What is that lease payment, you know? And, uh, and so, you know, the, the cost of building, the cost of uh, equipping, you know, if you build this, you know, at a doctor, build a, a 3000 square foot facility, I think we had 11 or 12 ops. Um, and, uh, you know, the most, they got, the most activity that justified it was about five or six ops after about three or four years. Hmm. So they had overbuilt, you know, and, and uh, we, we cautioned them on doing that, but they were set on that and that's okay. You yeah. know, it's not, it's not a failure. It's just, you know, um, how are you going to manage that? What is that lease payment? Uh, mm -hmm. Working capital, you mentioned that. If you're building from scratch, you're going to have some working capital from the lender and what it, uh, how much is that and how is that going to, you know, keep you afloat of that? Um, I, I can't speak for the lenders, but I, I do know traditionally that they want, want that, that newer doctor if they've you know, been associating somewhere and don't have other offices, but um, they want them to still work at the other practice until that that volume of, of, of patient flow comes in and justify them, you know, working less at the other office where they're an employee and working more at their office. And yeah. so that 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 uh, that uh, pendulum sh you know, sh shifts over time. Um, buying a practice, um, you know, same scenario. You're buying based upon that cash flow, that that net worth of that practice. And you, you want to make sure that that practice is justifiably what you're paying for it. And so you want to make sure you do the proper due diligence and, and, uh, and to bring the right folks around you to, to, to ascertain what that value is. Um, and so, you know, the benefit there is that you're walking into a machine that's producing, you know, cash flow for you. Um, and you want to make sure that you anticipate some reduction of the patient pool, right? You're going to lose some patients, right? For whatever reason, you know, you're not the same, you know, Dr. McNeely and Dr. Galvis, you know, Dr. McNeely has been here for 20 plus years and you know, Dr. Galvis comes in and he's a new guy. You know, some of those patients may not show up anymore. Yeah. Um, and so there's going to be maybe some adjustments, some, some attrition there. Um, that's, that's inevitable, but you want to, you know, you want to, you want to mitigate that as much as possible. So, but plan for it. Um, so, uh, you know, and if you're going to incorporate uh, more clinical treatments that wasn't done before, well, that may necessitate having more, you know, technology and solutions to be brought into the practice, like a, you know, a laser or a, you know, a, a, a CBCT or, or something along those lines. So what is going to be the outflow of expenses to help you achieve your goals of integrating more clinical dentistry in the, in the practice. So yeah. those are things that you really want to sit down and strategize with somebody like myself or consultants or whatnot. So. Yeah, no, no, great advice. And, and we've got comments coming in our uh, friend Kayvon from the doc sites who I know, you know, and who oh, helps doctors, you. whether they're, they're building or buying, grow their practice. He says, great questions to ask. And so Kayvon, appreciate that very much. And then Thanks, we've got uh, Renee saying great tips. And so she's really enjoying everything that's coming in. And so if you've got questions for Al, you can let us know in the comments. Just go ahead, type those in the comments. He's here and we will get to your questions live because we want to serve you and get you those answers and help you think through the, the issue. So if you've got something pressing on your mind, jump on in. That's what we're here for. And so Al, as we kind of continue along, um, you know, what are some common misconceptions that you see doctors have when it comes to, to building or buying? Do you, do you see some things that they come in and just uh, expectations that are, that are unrealistic or common misconceptions that are worth addressing? Yeah. I mean, I, I touched on a couple of them when it comes to building where, you know, foot traffic, you know, we hear a lot of that. 
Um, and again, I'm not saying that it's an absolute misconception, but I think on the norm, um, uh, it can be um, something that is a bit misleading. Um, there's nothing wrong with being in a high visible traffic zone. Um, and you can have somebody stand on the street corner with a, with a sign and saying dentist, you know, in the direction, you know, you see that out there where they're throwing a tooth around in the air, which, you know, uh, is, is enjoyable to watch and entertaining. Um, but, uh, it, it doesn't equate, um, the majority of the time, you know, you're not having pa patients or, or customers or potential patients come by and go, Oh, Dr. McNeely has a practice here. Oh, let me go in. Uh, so it, it can happen, but it, it's, it's usually not the case. And plus, if you're going to be, um, one misconception as well, I'm going I'm to get great foot traffic in the retail shopping center. Keep in mind that on the norm, and, and of course there's always different scenarios, but on the norm, a retail shopping center is going to be more expensive than a, you know, a medical building. You know, as, when I say more expensive, I'm talking about the lease rate. Um, because you pay a premium to be in a retail shopping center. And so th that could be one, but, you know, again, do your, do your research, you know, uh, do a demographic study. Um, you know, so that's really important. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, I think, uh, uh, d dentists may think, oh, if I build from scratch, everybody's going to be banging on my door, you know, family, friends, uh, they're going to come to me because I'm a great dentist. And again, I'm not discounting their clinical expertise and experience, but just know that that ramp up time is a little bit longer than you probably have planned for. Hmm. And, uh, and, and make sure, you know, you, you have a sound marketing plan in place, you know, and, and run that by experts. You know, uh, I'm a big fan of, you know, coaches, consultants. Um, I know a lot of dentists out there at times ago, oh, I've had one that didn't work great, work out great. Um, and that's a different topic. Or another time but you know without question we all need coaches we all need mentors you know whether you are a savvy veteran or you know a, a sports athlete that's at the top of their game you still need coaches and so um i think one of the misconceptions is they don't surround themselves with the right people and so you know get that sound advice as i tell dentists um find people who are going to tell you what you need to hear not what you want to hear and uh and too many times they'll, they'll have people kind of coach them through um, things that, you know, maybe weren't, wasn't the best approach. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, buying a practice uh, misconception is everything is hunky dory. I'm just going to walk in and do dentistry and everything is going to take care of itself. And I've got, you know, yes. the employees are really great, you know? And so um, uh, I, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but it's not very common. Um, it, none of us like change, right? You know, no, no matter what it is. Uh, and so uh, change is hard for everybody, uh, patients, staff, the doctors involved. Um, and so, um, you know, I think what's important is to, you know, really understand the lay of the land. Um, without question, um, I think all of us, uh, dentists, professionals like us, Tim, we can always improve our skills, especially communication skills. And so, um, you know, we can all, you know, dentists can improve their chair side skills. They can improve their patient education skills, treatment planning, acceptance skills. Um, th that would be one misconception that I, I see is that, oh, I'm really good at what I do, or I can just walk in and it's going to take care of itself. And it's like, you have to invest in yourself as a, as a leader of that practice. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so I think that that's probably a big one when it comes to buying a practice. Okay. Now I, I know everyone's different. I, I know people will take different routes, but, but on average, what do you typically see? Is there some kind of ratio between building and buying or are more people building or more people buying? Is it 50, 50, 70, 30, like, like just on average, right? Do you have a sense or a feel for what that typically looks like? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, be, being here in, in Southern California, um, you know, as we know, not all markets are the same, right? And so, uh, uh, and with, even within a, a market, like a Southern California market, you have so many different pockets, you know, geographies. Um, it, it tends to ebb and flow at times where all of a sudden, you know, we're building and then all of a sudden we're selling and helping Dennis buy. Um, you know, we, we saw a bit of that, you know, post 
pandemic, if you will, where we saw more dentists going, I'm done. You know, COVID yeah. was, was the, uh, the, the straw uh, that but, broke But if you were to look at kind of year over year trends, what do you think those trends would look like? I think, I think there's probably a, a, a larger percentage of doctors right now buying practices than building. Okay. And I think that's, that's also a byproduct of the cost of building, right? And uh, I, I think, uh, I think uh, you know, but it goes back to what's available inventory-wise, right? So we kind of go through this ebb and flow where, you know, uh, not all practices are created equal. So when, you know, not all the practices we sell are the same, right? And so, um, you know, so you may find at one time, um, more practices on the market that are, are good practices to buy. And then all of a sudden that inventory level is a bit depleted. And then doctors who've been looking, looking for a while have not gone, I'm just going to build. And so it does ebb and flow, but I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, post COVID, I think we see a little bit more selling and mm -hmm. buying happening than we okay. see building. But again, it's not absolute. I mean, some of my counterparts are going, Oh my gosh, you know, the last 10 deals, that we've had, you know, eight of them were builds and two were purchases. So, hmm. you know, so there really is an ebb and flow. And so, you know, you've been sharing a lot how how you really do, you know, help doctors through this process, whether it's helping them with clarity or creating that vision or thinking through the pros and the cons or assembling the team. Right. And, and so you've been you've been kind of dripping through through, you know, the conversation here, how you do support doctors. But if you're to really sum up, right, how does Think Dental and, and how does Al, right, how do you really help doctors and how do you support them through this process? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really getting clarity from them as to what their goals are um, and, you know, going through a discovery with them um, is really important. I can't stress that enough, um, you know, because, you know, w we and I have a vested interest in watching them succeed indefinitely until they, you know, until they retire or, you know, you know go off on, you know, to their next chapter of their life. So really discovery, really getting clarity from them uh, uh, as to what makes sense for them. And I'm really big on that. I'm, I'm big on you know, uh, you know, our mission statement is, you know, if you're looking to live, uh, and live an incredible life and have an incredible business beyond what you can ever imagine, then we would be honored and privileged to partner with you on that journey. And it is a journey. You know, I've been, I've been fortunate and blessed to be in dental for, uh, gosh, going on, uh, 16 years now, made some great friends in dentistry with dentists, watched some amazing things happen. Um, and so I mean, a quick little story, if I can share, oh, please. Um, I, I had a, de a dentist in, in LA, greater LA, and they were, uh, they were in a medical dental building and uh, primarily medical. And uh, the, uh, the main tenant in that building, uh, a medical facility um, was going to take over the first, the first floor and they weren't going to renew the dentist, their lease. And so they're being pushed out. Hmm. And this dentist practicing for many, many years kind of just said, well, this may be the sign of me just kind of embarking on the next chapter of retirement. And we sat down over many cups of coffee and lunches and, and uh, he, he wasn't ready to retire. You know, he thought he was because he was like, well, maybe this is a sign. And I said, well, it could be. And so it went from, Hey, I just want to build 800 square feet. out, just have two or three ops. Want to finish out dentistry this way. Um, and I said, well, let's, let's, let's kind of, let's kind of table that for a second. Let's what's, you know, you still have some, some passion in there. Right. And he's like, I do, I really do. And I said, so you're not ready to hang them up. Right. You're not ready to hang up your hand piece. He's like, I'm not, I said, okay. And so we, we found a, <laughs> a 2,200 square foot space and uh, he was nervous and, uh, you know, you fast forward that and, you know, he's recently expanded to a surgical suite of about 500 square feet. And he's got almost 2,800 square feet, um, uh, well into the $2 million range. He had never seen that volume of business in decades. And, uh, you know, he's got the sparkle in his eye and uh, he's loving it. So um, there are some great stories. The majority of them are great stories out there. Of course, you know, 
there's there's always some challenges too but uh yeah so I, I like i like i like those stories tim because there's a lot of them that we just don't hear about yeah so, well, and I love that you keep bringing up vision and clarity, because one of the things I get asked all the time is, how do you find good quality professionals? How, how do you find the right advisors to, to work with? And in my book, Dental Wealth Nation, we actually lay out that process. It's seven steps you can use. But, but in one of the chapters, we talk about the importance of clarity and vision, because if you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up there, right? You're going to end up who knows where. And so in vision clarity, really getting that profile of what's important to you. I love that you're talking about that. And that to me is always one of the signs that you're working with a high quality, high caliber professional. And so, you know, Al, as you kind of look back on all the dentists that you've been able to assist through the, the years, right? It, what is that particular piece of advice or insight? And I think I know what you're going to say and that's okay, but, but what's that insight you really wish every doctor would take to heart when they're making this decision? Yeah, well, well, first off, uh, uh, congratulations, Tim, you know, on your book. And, and uh, you have a heart for dentistry. Um, and it's so I, I truly I'm, I'm proud to not only be a colleague of yours, but a friend. And so um, uh, uh, surrounding yourself with great people like you, Tim, is so important for dentists. Um, and uh, we can't do this journey alone. You know, and I stress that with dentists, you cannot, I think they fall into a trap and we all do. We're, we're all that way where we have, we think we got to do this alone. And so, um, you know, quite frankly, I, I think some dentists are better at it uh, of accepting for lack of a better term help. Um, but I think those dentists who are more transparent, who are more real, hmm. um, who s raise their hand and say, hey, I need help. Um, uh, uh, get a lot more gratification out of, out of their dentistry, out of their life. Um, and so, you know, I, I think we all need help, you know, and, and, and dentists are no different. You're just surrounding yourself with the right people. And so what we try to do is, you know, what I try to do is when I find out what those needs are, what those goals are, um, is bring them to the table. I tell dentists, I'm like a general practitioner. Right. There are there are specialists. You know, I'm at a wealth advisor. Talk to Tim McNeely you know, on wealth advisement, you know, or if it's legal or if it's accounting or whatever it is. Right. And so, you know, I think dentists um, think that they've got to do it on their own, that they their names on the door and they have to make all the decisions. And, and they do. I mean, the, the responsibility and accountability is on them. But good leaders that just ask for help, you know, good leaders are helping are, are working on developing themselves. Right. You know, uh, and then good leaders also develop the people around them, you know, their staff. And so I, I use with dentists, you know, because I, I, I do some some coaching. Um, I use the word pit, you know, as a leader pits, you know, the, the acronym there is leaders protect leaders, inspire and leaders teach. And so, um, you know, and that's not something I came up with, you know, I'm not that unique, but, you know, we just pass on what we've learned and what we've been coached on. And so, you know, that, that dentist is that protector of that office, you know, of, of their staff and of their patients. And they're there to inspire their teams and they're there to teach them how to take care of their patients and make decisions and whatnot. Well, they can't do it alone. They need to be taught that we all do. And, uh, you know, I, I have, I have a coach. You know, I pay a coach that coaches me. And so I really encourage dentists to surround themselves with people that can help them maneuver through that, that journey. Oh, I, I love that. Such, such good stuff, Al. And so if a doctor wants to reach out and get in touch with you and uh, what can we do, how, how can you serve them and help them kind of think through this? Well, what are you willing to do for our audience here? Yeah, absolutely. Well, f first off, they can easily go to, you know, thinkdental.net. Um, that's our website and, uh, it's a, it's a landing page. Um, we actually, we're in the process of revamping that. So we were, we work, we're working with some marketing companies to, uh, design some videos and some content. And so that's, that's an, that's an ebb and flow too. We're all having to grow and change. Um, and so, uh, 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 
the landing page there. Um, I'll, I'll share my, my cell phone number. That's my direct cell phone number for you know, any doctors that, are, that want to reach out to me directly. Um, that number is 818 area code 298-9770. Um, what I'm willing to offer is, um, you know, because I'm on the show and for you, Tim, and your audience is I have no problem doing a 30 minute free consultation um, to understand what their, what their goals are and fears are and to talk through them and come up with a game plan that makes sense for them and, uh, and no charge there for them as well. So, um, yeah. And then, um, you know, stay tuned with more on that, that website and we're going to have more content and more links and so on and so forth, because there's a need for information. There's a lot of information out there as we know, a lot of content, but, um, you know, there's nothing like having somebody who's experienced and helping Dennis maneuver through these channels that, um, are new to them, but not new to myself and my team. And uh, we'd love to be able to guide him through that journey. Uh, what, what a generous offer. Thank you so much, Alan. But before we sign off here, any closing thoughts for, for everyone listening today? Yeah. Uh, you know, w- w- without question, you know, I see, uh, you know, from COVID and from, from the pandemic, um, it, it's been a, it's been a, an ever changing, you know, economy world, uh, but dental is dental. People still need dental care. People still need good dentists out there helping them get through, you know, uh, their, 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 their health. And, uh, you know, I remind, I try to remind dentists that, you, you know, you have the great opportunity to positively impact people with their, with their care. I want to honor and privilege. And I think the craziness of the world and all the other stuff we won't, we won't talk about, you know, uh, in news and media and whatnot, um, dental is an amazing field. I, I am honored and privileged to be a part of it. And, and to, I have a lot of joy. I wake up in the morning. I'm excited about it. And, uh, and I don't even get to, get to practice dentistry. So I think dentists have a, an amazing opportunity to really impact people positively and myself and think dental. And I know you, Tim, we'd just be honored to be able to be a partner with them on that journey in whatever way we can, we can help them and their patients and their staff. Yeah, no, I love your heart. I love your the fact you're focused on service and and dentistry to me is the greatest industry in the world. So it's a pleasure to be a part of it. Al, thank you for sharing so generously. Thank you for helping everyone think through these important issues. If you got questions, reach out to Al. Getting clear is one of the most important things you can do. So until next time, stay tuned and we'll see you again here on Dental Wealth Nation. Thanks, Al. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dennis. You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Till next time, make sure to hit the website at dentalwealthnation.com. 